Hey friend, okay, we're kicking it off today with our first episode in the series of your marriage, your husband, and your business. And we're starting with this number one, the number one most important earthly relationship you have. Spoiler alert, it's with your husband. And I know today's episode is just a little bit longer than normal, but I pray that you um, bear with me, that you come on this journey with me as we talk through this relationship and what does God say about our relationship with our husband? So if you are if you are all in, which I hope you are, go curl up, grab your coffee, and let's get ready to grow marriages that are against the grain of this world. I'll see you inside. Hey, Kingdom Builder, welcome to the Growth Against the Grain podcast. Are you struggling to find balance between what Jesus wants for you and your big business goals? Do you find yourself up late at night, overwhelmed by the goals and growth you long for while also lacking the confidence to get there? Do you wake up with big, ambitious dreams only to feel frustrated that you're not promoting and afraid you'll fail when another team member quits and you miss that promotion again? Hey. I'm Michelle. I too was tired of being in the same place year after year. I too felt frustrated and wished to build the business of my dreams. I wanted to honor the Lord, level up, and see my team succeeding. But I kept telling myself, the products are too expensive, or no one wants to join me, or maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Does that sound familiar? Until I realized that all the growth and success was nothing if God wasn't my first priority. In this podcast, you'll find network marketing business tips, biblical mindset encouragement, and a little mama motivation sprinkled in from time to time, all so that you'll see the growth and success through God's eyes first. Let's partner together, grow against the grain of this world, and find that balance you've been craving. Friend, go grab your Bible, notebook, and that coffee that's been beeping at you from the microwave. Let's get ready to grow against the grain. Before we get started, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray for us. Dear gracious father, I just thank you so much for each woman who is here. I thank you for this opportunity to put this, um, put this series together. And Lord, I just pray that you would open our hearts, all of our hearts, open our eyes and our minds that we would see things through your lens, not through our own that may have been hurt and frustrated and carrying around different things. But Father, look through your eyes, the creator, the sustainer, the forgiver, the lover of our soul, Father, that we might see you in new ways through this relationship with our spouse. Lord, I just pray that you would use my mouth, this mouth that often gets me in trouble, that you would use my mouth to honor you, to glorify you, to speak the words that you would have me speak. Father, I just pray for our time together and in your son's name, amen. Okay, friend. So I have mentioned a few times Jody Burnt and her books and one that I am highly recommending and I make zero money off of. I am just sharing it because I feel so passionate about it. The one that she just came out with, which is praying the scriptures for your marriage, go to Amazon and you can get it tomorrow. It'll show up so quickly, right? But before each chapter, she has a cute little quip and a little quote of some sort. And oftentimes I heard her on a podcast and someone remarking at these and she's like, yeah, I could have put Bible verses and there's not anything wrong with it. She goes, but I kind of liked some of these funny little quotes. So this one I'm going to share with you. It says marriage is when you find that one special person you can annoy for the rest of your life. (laughs) And we say that tongue in cheek, 
but it's true, right? My husband was annoying me last night, like in funny ways and just being like so many of the things that I love about him, but it's what we get to do for the rest of our life, right? It's just one of those things that is not mentioned in our vows. But today we're going to talk about this most important relationship, the number one most important relationship here on earth. And again, as I said in the intro last week, I want to be very clear. I am talking about a a married couple. You have made vows before God. You've made, you know, um, legally binding vows in the state or country that you live in. There is a unique relationship when you have made vows, a covenant vow before for you and God, and then also a legally binding vow between you and your husband and the church or state or or not church, um, the country or the state or the city or where, you know, whatever county that you live in. Um, It is a unique relationship. And so I sat down, it's, I don't know if this happens to any of you where you know, I, I planned this out and it's one thing to plan it out and then it's the other to execute it, right? I'm like, okay, yes, we're going to go forward with this. And then I was kind of dragging my feet on putting this together. And like, I didn't want to just sit down and like out of the, out of the mind of Michelle, this is what we're going to come with because that's not the point of it. You, we want to go back to the authority to God's word on this relationship. And The other day I sat down and I just felt like the Lord flowing through me and he's like, no, 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 we're going to take it back to the very beginning. And so if you have your Bible with you, if you have a moment, I would love for you to just curl up on the couch, grab your Bible, maybe even a pen and notebook so you can take some notes or open up your, your notes app. Um, So that you can reflect upon these things, pray over these things and really um, let these things kind of marinate in your heart and, and then have a time of reflection with the Lord. So if we go back to Genesis chapter two, um, yeah, I mean, we're talking like right at the beginning here, right? So God has created everything and on the seventh day he's, he's rested. And then we get to chapter two and it's about the creation of man, right? And in verse 18, He said, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. I love so many things about this. One, the Lord didn't make everything, make man and then go, oh, oops, I made a mistake. No, he's, he's. I feel like he's walking us through his process. You know, are you a verbal processor? Because I am. And like, I just need to say these things out loud and be like, oh, yes, he does need that helper. Let's let's make that helper. This was not an afterthought. But he he looked around and he said, because all the animals had a partner. Right. And in creation, we see like the morning and the night. We see these these um, contrasts of one another, but they're they're these uh, pairs like we see pairs. It's it's all over the place. And um, we see land and sea, you know, we we see all of those things. And so he looks and he says, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him, made for him. His, like, to compliment him. And then when you go down to verses 24 and 25, it says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one 
flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. There was this purity, this sweetness between them. And it got me to thinking things that I, I really believe we already know. It's kind of like listening to Dave Ramsey, you know, financial advice. Like you already know you spend less than you make, like duh. But he'll say something and you're like, oh my goodness, that is the most <laughs> brilliant thing I've ever heard. Well, when we read through God's word, one, it's living and it's active, right? It can pierce our heart and it can show us things that we may not have ever seen before. But it also opens our eyes to different things. And what I was realizing is that marriage is our most vulnerable and most intimate relationship. There is nobody who sees you day in, day out, the way that your husband does. Sure, you have close girlfriends. Maybe you, you know, walk around the spa naked, you know, whatever. So they see you, right? They're seeing your body. But there's, and maybe you share your deepest and darkest with some of them. But there's nobody like your husband that you are living day in, day out with. Morning and night. There's no other person on this planet or there really shouldn't be any other person whom you are literally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually naked in front of. Whether you are bearing your soul verbally and communicating these things to your spouse, like you are, like he knows those things. Like he can see when something's off. He knows like, okay, things just aren't, things aren't, aren't going so well, right? If we desire to grow against the grain, that's what I love about the multi-leveled meaning of this podcast. Sure, it started out as growing your business against the grain of this world, but it has always had the flip side of growing against the world, the the wicked, evil influences of the world, the things that oppose the truth of scripture. If we desire to grow against the grain of this world, then we have to start first with our relationship with Jesus, first of all, right? And then in our marriages. Now, I know um, that we may not have been physically made from the rib of our husband like Eve was, But you, my friend, you were made specifically for your husband. Have you ever heard that before? We have this, you know, soulmate. Who's your soulmate? I'm not here to debate whether a soulmate exists or not. But I know that whoever you are married to, imperfect as he is, because also FYI, you're imperfect, but whoever you are married to is who God designed for you to be married to. Does that mean that your relationship is perfect? Uh, No, not at all, because you're two sinners, right? So while we were not taken from our husband's rib and fashioned like Eve was, we were made specifically for our husband. Friend, marriage takes work. I don't know if you're aware of that, but marriage takes work. Maybe your marriage is hard. Maybe your husband is gruff or not understanding at times, and it's probably easier and more satisfying to focus on the kids or work or the house or 
you fill in the blank, right? I get it. I completely get that. A thousand percent. Those little kiddos that you, you know, created, um, they are just so cute. Like you can look at them and you can squeeze them and they're like, mommy, you're the best. I love you. You're wonderful, right? Right? They they seem to accept us with our warts and all and maybe in maybe ways that it doesn't seem like our spouse does. Or maybe pouring yourself into work or your house or whatever is so much more satisfying sometimes, right? It gives you that that reward or that um, validation or that affirmation that you were so longing for that your husband just seems to not, not be giving. But our first, so I totally understand that, but our first and most important earthly relationship is truly with our husband. Friend, I hate to tell you this, but our children, they're going to leave. In fact, Do you know that it is your responsibility as their parent to train them to leave you, right? As much as, I mean, I know I have a 20 year old, like I don't want her to leave, but then at the same time, I don't want her living under my roof for the rest of her life. Like I want her to be a functioning, responsible member of society, right? I want her to go and do things and, and I want grandchildren, which means she's going to get out of this house and get married, right? So we want those things. We want them to be near us. It's that dichotomy, right? It's such that two-edged sword. Like we want them here forever, but oh yeah, at the same time, no, we, we actually don't. And we are charged with training up our children to leave. When you married your husband, you made a vow. You made a vow till death do you part. That is the commitment you made to your husband. Maybe it seemed more romantic that day. The music playing, the bridesmaid, you're in this beautiful white dress, your hair, your makeup are all done. He's looking amazing. And you're like, yes, till death do us part. I am all in. Absolutely. You know, before you found out all of his idiosyncrasies, you know, all the ways that he's going to annoy you for the rest of your life. But those vows, like I said at the beginning, weren't just legally binding. They're a covenant you made with God. Do you realize that whether you're a believer or not, your marriage is a covenant between you and God? How, like, think about that. A covenant is binding, absolutely binding. So, like we don't make a vow with our children till death do us part. We will likely die before our children will, right? That's just typically how it happens. Not always. Um, we haven't made vows till death do us part with your business partners, with your home, with any other relationship. Our relationship with our husband is so incredibly unique And it is the one that needs to be poured into the most. And yet, so often, it is the one that we were pouring into the least because I think because of that vulnerability and because of that intimacy, it is exposing, right? Our husbands can, I don't know about yours, but mine can call me out on things and I'm like, ugh, I did not like that. And I didn't say that. And he's like, no, you didn't say that, but I know what you meant. And don't tell him, but nine times out of 10, he's absolutely right. And that's hard. 
And why is it those that are closest to us, we often want to like kind of push away, right? We want to, we treat the worst. We, you know, like your kids, um, they go to school and the teacher's like, oh my goodness, she's an angel. She's obedient. She does all of her work. She sits quietly, blah, blah. And, you know, like she does all the things and you're like, I just asked her to pick up socks today for the 400th time and she still has not picked them up. But we're glad, like we're glad that they're, they're capable of doing those things, but at home they're like, oh no, 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 I can just take full advantage of my mom. It's fine. It's fine. And yet we do the same thing with our spouse. And then we wonder, gosh, why is he not supportive of my business? Why is he not, you know, taking an interest in what I'm doing? Why does he not understand these things? And this is not going to be the answer for all of those questions. But a lot of times, friend, I know in my, in, in my marriage and And for me, the reasons my husband is not maybe as supportive or as on board as I think he should be, it really comes down to me not prioritizing our relationship and not prioritizing him and and not treating our marriage with the respect and honor and love and care that is due. You know that Satan wants nothing more than to destroy the family, right? So where is he going to start? He's going to start with your marriage. Absolutely, he's going to start with your marriage. All you have to do is look at the divorce statistics and you will see how, how completely successful Satan is at destroying marriages. And all that happens, all that he needs to do is to create enough dust bunnies, as our marriage counselor told us years ago. We let those dust bunnies, you just, you know, you put them under the rug. You just put them under the rug and all of a sudden, if you just out of sight, out of mind, right? And then all of a sudden you're tripping over these massive things because they haven't been taken care of. Well, Satan's going to sit there. He is the most incredibly patient being around where he will sit, not more patient than God, of course, but he will sit and wait until just the right time to create a massive explosion of those dust bunnies. So we have to be taking care of our relationships. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question, friend, and I understand that all of your marriages are in a different state of being. And I'm going to make the assumption that most of your husbands absolutely love you. Absolutely love you. They may not be showing it the way that you want them to show it, but I do believe that most husbands, whether they are walking with the Lord or not, I do believe that most of them love their wives. They want you to succeed. Now, When I say most of them, that leaves room for some that just don't. And I don't know what to say about those. That's not who I'm talking about right now. But I am talking about those who you you know your husband loves you. There's just something missing, some sort of disconnect going on. So I want to ask you, have you ever taken time to appreciate your husband? Or are you so focused on that annoying that he's doing for the rest of your life or how loud he's chewing or the socks that never quite make the laundry basket or the dishes, despite how many times you've told everyone to put their dishes in the dishwasher, he just can't seem to get them there? Or is that just me? I get it. There's frustrations. But one, you have your own things that drive him 
absolutely bonkers. And number two, what if, what if for a moment we focus on the things he's doing right and good and well? Our culture wants to demean and demoralize men. We see it everywhere we turn, right? What if we went against the grain? There it is again, against the grain. What if we we pointed out the things he was doing right? So I remember when my girls were little, follow me with this, and we would do dance parties. You know, they would be so funny. They would just be dancing, get their wiggles out, and we would shout something out before they did it. Like, oh my goodness, I love that turn that you did. That was such an amazing twirl. And all of a sudden they would twirl. Or, oh, look at how she's kicking her legs. And she would kick her legs. And it cracked me up. Like, they rose to the occasion. They did what we put out there. And, oh, and they thought it was the best thing that had ever been done. Well, what if you did much the same with your husband and helped him rise to the challenge? You know, it's easy to pick at those things that we don't like. I know. It's so easy to point out the negatives. I don't know why we're prone to that, but we are. And... What if we as women used our superpower? Because you actually do have a superpower. You have an amazing superpower. It can be used for good and it can be used for evil. But what if we used our superpower to make our husbands feel like the most amazing man in the world? Or on the flip side, we can make him feel worthless. And I'm just going to tell you what that road looks like. We make our husbands feel worthless, useless, not needed, simple-minded. You don't have to look very far on the TV on different sitcoms to see how like mindless husbands and fathers are portrayed. So what if we went against the grain and we esteemed our husbands? We praised them. And maybe you're like, I don't know anything I could praise him for. Think of something. Does he go to work every single day? Does he you know, do the laundry every so often? Does he, you know, lock the doors at night to make sure that your family is safe? Is he providing an income of any sort? Maybe you're the breadwinner. Is he providing an income? Thank him for those things. Appreciate him for those things. Think maybe you're going to have to think really hard and ask the Lord, like, Father, like open my eyes to something that my husband has done that I can appreciate. Because here's the facts of the matter. Your businesses, as awesome as they are, they're going to come and go. I just saw a whole slew of people I know that are leaving businesses, changing companies, starting something new. The business you're in right now, you love it. You're in it. But it's going to come and it's going to go. Your children, they're going to come. They're going to go. Like we said, we're raising them to go, right? Your homes, it's going to come and it's going to go. It could burn in a fire. Trust me. I know. Your friends... They're going to come and they're going to go. Your spouse, he's till death. Till death do you part. So I have a challenge for you because in in order to really cultivate and nurture this one, number one earthly relationship, we need to, to truly nurture that. We need to cultivate that. I am not a... Uh, I can't keep plants alive, but cultivating, I get like the whole concept is it takes time. It takes work. Sometimes you see a result fairly immediately, but most of the time there's so much work that's going on underground. And maybe that's what you've got to do right now. Just some hard 
cultivating. You've got to dig through this rocky soil that maybe maybe has has grown up. You know, the rocks have just gotten tossed and he's maybe your husband is just starting to feel a little not needed, a little useless and it's not necessarily his own doing. You know, we have a huge effect on our on our kids. Are you demeaning to your husband and then what do our kids do? They follow, right? They do the same thing. So I have a challenge for you. You ready? I want you to write a list of things that your husband is good at, you're thankful for. Think of positive things. Maybe he can talk to anybody about whatever. I, the first thing that came to mind was rocks, geology. Maybe he, maybe he can look at a rock and he can tell you what that is. Okay, that's awesome. Maybe you don't find that fascinating at all, but he does. And he knows so much about that. Maybe he knows all about World War II and he finds it so incredibly fascinating and he could talk for hours on that. Maybe he won't carry on a conversation with you, but he could talk hours about World War II. Maybe he is a hard worker. He gets up every single day. He goes to work. He comes home. He, he eats your cooking. He doesn't complain or he willingly, you know, cooks for you or he, whatever. I don't know. Again, some of you might are going to have to dig, 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 dig really deep. I want you to think about the positives. And then here's, here's where the challenging part is. I really want you to do this. I want you to record a short video. Short, I mean 30 seconds or less. Hey, babe, I just wanted to say thank you so much for doing the dishes this morning. I really appreciate it. I hope you're having a good day. I love you. Bye. And send it to him. I've done this to my husband a couple of times and I can't even tell you like text messages, right? There's no emotion in those, right? But I can feel the emotion as it's come back. He's like, thanks. That means a lot. That really meant a lot. Thank you for sharing that with me. And I feel like I'm fairly appreciative, but I know days come and go and come and go and we want X, Y, and Z done and we need this done and you know, we're in the midst of still getting stuff done here and we're going to have our closets done. And I'm like, oh, you got, we got to clean all this stuff out. And it's so easy to think about like the next task, the next task, the next task, the baby needs changing. We need more of this. Oh, we're running low on diapers or gosh, finances are tight. And so we're just, you know, just that drip in the bucket constantly. What's one way you can appreciate your husband today? Send him a short little video. Smile, smile. Let him know how much you appreciate one thing that he has done. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And I get emotional because I think, am I that good thing for my husband? There's a lot of times I haven't been. And it's so easy for me to point the finger and say, oh, well, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. But here's the deal. I'm not responsible for my husband. I'm responsible for me, right? And what are the ways that I am putting and showing that my husband is my number one earthly relationship? Am I stopping everything so that I can spend some time with him? Friend, I get it. You got toddlers, you got newborns, you got, they physically need you for certain things. But, but how are you using them as a shield 
and in this, as an excuse so that you're not spending time with your husband. Chew on that for a minute. Marriage is used to illustrate the love Christ has with his church. God loves marriage. He looked at Eve and he said, this is good. This is good. He continues in verse 19 in Genesis 2. Now out of the ground, the Lord had had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to the beasts of the field. For But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then he said, then the man said, this is, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Friend, you were made specifically for your husband. How can you nurture this relationship and show him that he truly is your number one earthly relationship? And how can we go against the grain of this world and esteem our husbands, lift him up, not tickle his ears, not tell him something that's not true. If you're struggling to find something to praise him about, pray, ask the Lord to show you something good. Maybe he closed the refrigerator door. Maybe he put his his knife in the dishwasher. Maybe, I don't know, friend, but let him know, hey, hey, thank you so much for doing that today. I really appreciate it. It needs to be free of sarcasm. It needs to be free of snickering. It needs to be genuine. And if you need to pray, get yourself on your knees and you pray. You be that, that wife who is pleasing to him, who is a... who is who the Lord created him to be, who is a good thing. Dear Gracious Father, I thank you for my husband. I thank you for all of the husbands who are represented today. I pray that we as wives would go against the grain of this world and we would esteem and lift up and praise our husbands in a way that this world is not doing. In fact, it is counterculture for us to be praising our husbands. Everywhere we turn, we see women bringing their husbands down, knocking them down, sharing all of their husband's flaws and and areas in which they have just done something dumb or stupid. Or Father, help us to go against that. Convict our hearts when we are tempted to air our husband's dirty laundry in front of others, because really the whole point of that is to make us look better. And that's our pride. Lord, humble us. Humble us because I know that if we fear you and we have the right relationship and perspective of this beautiful relationship you have given us with our husband and you have made us specifically for him, there are blessings blessings that you want to pour out on us for our marriages, for our parenting, for our businesses, for our relationships. Lord, you want to bless us in an abundant way and we need to be obedient, Lord. Open our eyes 
give us wisdom and clarity and give us that one thing that we can say to our husbands today how much we have appreciated them. And in your son's name, amen. Hey, before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's episode, would you pop over to iTunes to Growth Against the Grain and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of other mamas just like you, learning to align their audacious goals with what God has for them, then join us at bit.ly slash Christian Mindset Support or click on the link below. There's always room for one more. Can't wait to see you over there.